Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So what happened was in California, for example, PG&E, they had about $2 billion that they thought, you know, that would be all right for these wildfires. No. Not even close. Right now they're looking at $30 billion between the Camp Fire and the Tubbs Fire and that's the past two years. And that is liable to that one company. So that's because of this law called inverse condemnation. Only in California. Yep. They, they are responsible. Even if they get proven not negligent. If they right. just get that their line somehow caused a fire, then they're going to get charged. For the entire wildfire. For the entire wildfire. Welcome to... A lot to learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. California is in the midst of yet another crisis. Rolling blackouts have been instituted to mitigate wildfires, yet still, the Easy Fire and Getty Fire are threatening cultural institutions like the Reagan Presidential Library and Getty Museum and tens of thousands of homes and billions of dollars in property are on the verge of being consumed by other fires. PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, California's energy provider, is already on the hook for an $8.4 billion liability claim for fires prior caused by PG&E's own faulty equipment. In January, I sat down with energy expert Kevin DeRoberts to discuss California and America's immensely complex power grid, its systems, and its energy markets. While this interview cannot come close to explaining the interconnectivity between wildfires, our power grid, and climate change's impact upon the two, it does shed some light on the magnitude of the systems and markets we've created to power our plugged-in lives. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast, because we listen to podcasts whenever we listen to, probably on your way to work or in the shower or something like that. Today is going to be really interesting because we're going to learn about something that no one ever really talks about. Energy. Energy. Therefore, we've got Kevin DeRoberts, who is a natural gas trader here in San Francisco, and he's going to talk us through what happens when you flip on a light switch? What happens when you move the thermostat? Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, thank you, Austin. Now, uh, in the interest of disclosure, Kevin and I grew up together, so we're going to talk professionally, but we might go off on tangents. Yeah. I don't know if we will. Uh, Kevin is one of my brother's best friends on earth, and we pretty much were neighbors. So uh, if we go off on tangents, bear with us. Let's try not to. All right. All right, cool. <laughs> so uh, we were talking earlier, and we're like, where, where does this stuff come from? Energy, our electricity, our natural gas, and stuff like that. We know you have to mine it and produce it and, and harness it, but more importantly, how does it move around through markets, and how does it go? How does it get to the consumer? Let's just, let's just say something. You walk in the door, and you turn on the light switch. What happens there? Exactly. So the thing is, a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, electricity, in order to produce electricity, you need to um, procure it from certain sources. So a lot of it's from, say, nuclear power or from coal plants or from uh, natural gas plants. And then a lot of times we now hear is about solar. So we hear about renewables. So you hear solar panels and you hear um, wind farms and stuff like that. So um, 
the problem is that a lot of people don't understand that that the infrastructure behind all this is massive, right? So all the wires and all the pipes and all that kind of stuff in order to produce electricity is just huge. So people don't really appreciate when the electricity is off. You know, what they think about is, hey, you just have electricity and should always be on, right? Right. So there's no satisfier there. There's no, there's no, hey, you did a great job, you know, you supplied electricity to people. It's zero sum. It's zero it's sum. It's either on or you fucked up. <laughs> exactly. So the problem is, though, it's not that easy. Right. You know, and recently with all uh, natural, or sorry, with all these renewables that have come online, it makes it even harder. Because before we used to be able to just, uh, you know, fire up a coal plant, yep. and just heat it up and it's constant. Yep. And it just runs throughout the day. And it's easy, right? Because electricity runs on 60 hertz. So what that means is the second those hertz go up or down, then electricity isn't constant, and then it can shut off, right? So what we have is we have all these solar plants that only run when the sun's out, obviously. And wind farms only turn when the wind's blowing, right? Right. So what happens when they turn off? Well, because we don't have the storage capabilities. Yeah. Oh, you want to go into storage? Well, we will go into storage. We will go into storage. um, Let's keep going. uh, No, let's keep going on that because... The uh, the world's most complex machine ever engineered mm-hmm. is the power grid. Okay, it's I agree. the world's most it's it's mankind's most complex invention. Exactly, like the single most complex machine ever is the Saturn V rocket wow. that got us to the moon. <laughs> okay, but the most complex it's almost not even a machine; it's an organism because it's so many different parts. But it's the most complex thing that humanity has ever created. Correct, the power g- grid. Exactly. So. One little thing gets pulled out of whack, boom, all of a sudden you got something else has to come up in its place, right? Right. So now we're talking about in order to fulfill those short term little blurps from when a solar pa- panel doesn't have enough sun or from when the wind's turning, yep. is natural gas. Well, what's natural gas? You know, a power plant, right? That can start on real quick. Yep. As opposed to a nuclear, it takes almost two days. Or a coal plant, you know, in order to heat up that coal, to turn some, uh, to create some steam, to turn a turbine that will turn, you know, some some magnets and stuff. Yep. It takes hours and hours and hours. Right. You can get natural gas. You can fire it up real quick, and it will, uh, you know, you can get it right right on you can right online in order to serve power. So, uh, natural gas fills the gaps in the ebbs and flows of these other resources. Correct. So that's the that's that is. So when we get into storage, but right now this is how our system works where we are trying to use, or at least let's talk in California since this is what you're expert in. So in California, while we're trying our best to utilize our renewables, our wind and our solar, our coal takes a while to start up to fill in the gaps. Our nuclear takes a long time to start up to fill in the gaps. But if there is uh, a period of no sun and a period of no wind, we fire up the natural gas and boom, seamless power delivery. Correct. Got it. So one thing to note is in California, we have no coal. No so coal. Obviously, yeah, so that's Got one it. thing. And we have one nuclear power plant, and that's actually going to get shut down in uh, three or four years. Wow. Okay, we'll get into nuclear. We'll get into, we'll get into nuclear, nuclear as soon. As well. Oh, my God. We're, we're, okay, we're, we are tabling a lot of yes. things right and now. And just to throw another wrinkle on things, there's something called the ancillary service market. So that's a separate market than from the electric market, and that's uh, it runs parallel to the electric market. And what that happens is in the milliseconds that things are on or off, if something shuts down in the milliseconds, this ancillary service backup comes kind of generator kicks on right so before the natural gas so it's actually running but it's not hooked up to the grid so we have certain power plants that are actually running 
just in case something slips. Okay, so they're they're just in stasis. They're yeah. just there to so so we're looking at you you want a static line that just runs at a constant. You said what it was sixty hertz, 60, right? Yeah. And the second there's a little dip in it, you've got this ancillary yep. market that just fills in the gaps. Exactly. But then when there's a big dip, we fire up the natural gas yep. to fill up that. Exactly. Wow. So when you turn on a light, you don't know where your power is coming None from. None of this. No. Does anyone? No. No. And that's, and that's one of the big problems here is that, you know, you, you just have these utilities that you just pay for this, you know, electricity and stuff. And you say, okay, here's $70 a month that you, you know, give this towards. You say, okay, well, it goes to 120 when you use air conditioning or something. Right. And you, you don't think anything of it. You just think, well, you know, what, what is that really, what's behind all that? Right. So, yeah. okay, now, all right, so we got, we got what happens when you flip a switch. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the other end. What happens when you pay the bill? It's summer. It's 120 bucks a month because you've been running your air con the whole time. I pay my 120 bucks to whom? The utility. Yes. Where does their money go to? So their money goes to the cost in order to maintain all these lines. So the, yep. the, you know to maintain all the vegetation. We can talk about fire. We can talk about California with all that. What's going on? Right. But and then it also goes towards the production of these power plants to, that get created, yep. but then the fuel to, to make these power plants run, so the natural gas that you have to buy, the physical natural gas. Yep. In other states, the physical coal yep. or the uranium from, from nuclear power. Yep. Um, it also goes to pay for, uh, you know, all, like I said, lines and stuff like that. And it's, so it's called, it's like a Oh, and then, hu- yeah. and then human capital human as well. Human capital, there's huge sal- amounts. There's yeah, salaries. salaries. Exactly. All right, let's, 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 go, let's go with $100. Yeah. Let's say your bill's $100. Yep. You don't have to be precise, okay. but let's break it down. Yeah. Let's, start with, uh, let's start with human capital, salaries. It's got to be 20%. All right, all right. So the there, there's a big chunk of the pie is taken yeah. out. Uh, now general upkeep and maintenance of pre-existing infrastructure. It's got to be another 20 25%. Okay, so we, 50% of the right pie the is taken immediately yep. on maintaining both the people and the infrastructure that already exists. Correct. Now the other 50 bucks. I would say 25 of that would be the cost to produce this electricity. Yep. And another 25% is probably government taxes and regulations. There we go. So there's your whole $100 bill is taken. And that did not include a single dollar for new innovation. Correct. Where does that come from? So this is one of the big problems that we're having right now is the utility usually is the one because they're the largest person in the room. So they're the ones that are going to be able to um, – you know, invent and, and new technology into things. And the way they do that is through the government actually has mandates. Mm-hmm. So in California, we have a mandate 2040 to be 100% renewable. So that means, that means GHG free. So no fossil fuel plants in, in California. Right. right? Inclu- does that, that includes natural gas plants. Including natural gas plants. Now, is uh, natural gas, is it, is it a myth or, or, or is it misconstrued that it is cleaner burning than other things? It is cleaner burning, but it is still burning. No, it's still burning. You're still burning. You're still burning. Got so, it. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's better than coal. Okay. Right. right. But it's but it's you're not, still burning. You're still burning, and it's bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's not it's not like a diesel, you know, car from uh, you know the 1970s, you know, turbo diesel Mercedes. But, right. Right. You but know, it's, it might, it's, it might be. It's a, up there. It's up there. It's yeah. still burning something. Exactly. Therefore, okay. It's a lot. Um. So so the government the government is so then it's your general tax dollars that are going to the uh, the implementation of these innovations by way of the provider. Well, so what the government does is they give these huge grants. So they back the building of these companies. They give you like $8 billion unsecured debt 
Mm-hmm. And so what they'll say is, okay, you know, you guys need to build this certain infrastructure. So you need to build this solar plant. You need to build this battery plant, right? We'll back you. So we can't go to Citibank and say, hey, you know, we want this. They'll say, hey, you guys got to charge us 4 or 5%, whatever, if you're investment grade. Right. If you're not investment grade, it's like 20%. So the right. only people that can actually do this are the big utilities that have tons of assets, you know, billions and billions of dollars. Right. So they can, yeah, they can yeah. leverage that clout to is secure themselves the it's, best possible and, loan. And so once this gets built, so say a, a solar farm 10 years ago that got built what that cost 10 years ago cost 50 times what it costs to build now so who's going to be the innovators and be the first person in to build a plant i thought solar went down in price it did go down in price so that's what i mean so 10 years ago it was it was 10 times more expensive oh to sorry build. I, yeah. I listened i listened the wrong way around yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i got you yeah so so what incentive do you have to build it now when you know 20 years from, or eight years from now or three years from now uh, a yeah. year from now it's going to be half price so you have to have guarantee that the rate payers so the utility people that are paying that hundred dollar bills uh-huh. are going to still be in your system and still going to pay for that 20 years from now wow even even though you know that you can build it cheaper later yes. but you have to build it at this cost now exactly wow so who's going to want to get in so if you think of any like hedge funds or any people that are in the energy department wouldn't you want the utility to kind of be the first in build the technology and yep. then you can come by 10 years later just take it and then just you know build your own facility so right and then you got a public private hybrid sort exactly. of thing because uh, even though utilities are private companies they are operated more or less publicly. Yes, and, and they're monitored. So we have something in California here called the CPUC, which is California Public Utility Council. So they watch everything we do. So every dollar that comes in, they see what comes out and how much we can raise our rates you know, for the end payer for that $100 if it goes up, you know, that kind of stuff. Right, right. Uh, wow, we're we're eleven minutes and twenty seven seconds in, and, and I think we, we lost everybody. By the way, <laughs> we either lost anyone or we've got some energy wonk who's like, "Tell me more." Yeah. Um, so we've got these giant utilities who are subsidized by the government to meet their mandates. Meanwhile, the government is monitoring them to make sure they're pay, they're charging an equitable rate to the consumer. Exactly. But the consumers the consumers hundred dollars is basically going to maintenance and running and the human capital of it. Uh, that that eight billion dollar unsecured loan grant from the government that's coming from our general tax fund, or is there an earmark? At least in California, is there an earmark on your taxes where it's like this is going towards energy? It's a good question. I I, I don't really know that too much, but I would say I don't. Th- I think it's just part of the general. It goes in there with whatever the, whatever the budget is. You know, they have a certain amount of money, and the government's backed by that. Got it. Got it. Understood. But the government does charge interest on this money, so they are expecting to get get it back. It's not interest as large as say a bank or anything, but they are, you know, 1% or something. Right, so. right, right. So they, 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 they want some pennies back exactly. on their dollars. But it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not a uh, Trump out in Moscow getting whatever. <laughs> let's not talk. Okay. Let's not go down. I don't want to go down that road. It's a great building. It's built already. I think, um, at 2%, <laughs> at two, 20%. Actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is a bargain for him. Probably yeah. like, I'll take it. It's uh, I'm a good businessman. No, God damn it. Stop it. Stop it. God, stop doing that. Um, Okay, so you've got this massive complexity that is basically beyond human scope. I mean, I don't know how we can actually explain this. So let's talk about what happens when that blip happens and it all goes wrong. What is the dominoes that click over and how the energy market just collapses? You're looking at it right now in California, wildfires. Wildfires. Yes. Let's talk about wildfires. Well, we've had wildfires forever. Right. Obviously, California's dry. You know, it only rains three, four months out of the year. 
Not the five days I've been here. I, well, you're, yeah. <laughs> you've, you've pretty much come when it's rained the most in the past. I would say from April to eh, October, end of October, it hasn't it didn't rain once. It just doesn't rain. It just doesn't rain. Right. So things get dry. And the problem is we have this huge infrastructure of these wires that were built 50 years ago. Right. 60 years ago. There hasn't been any innovation on any of these lines. Right. And, you know... What happens is if it's a huge wind, you know, event. You were here two days ago. I mean, you saw that wind was howling. Oh, yeah. No, I was trying to drive a PCH, and they shut yeah. it down, and they turned us around. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be, and in New York we see this, you know, there's going to be trees that, you know, fall on power lines, or there's going to be power lines that get pushed over. I mean, right. it, it happens. Right. You know? So, but in California, something called inverse condemnation. Inverse, inverse condemnation. So do you know what condemnation is? I do not know. Do you know, like, say the, the government wants to come in and build a highway on in, through your street. Eminent domain. Eminent domain. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Well, there's the opposite effect. It's called inverse condemnation. So it says is if anything that the utility causes harm to your property, uh-huh. they are accountable no matter what, even if you're not negligent. Really? Yes. So their liability is enormous. Huge. Huge. Right. So, so a huge chunk of the the utilities' capital because you got to have a fund set aside for this, yes. correct? Yep, you got to have insurance. So, so you got to have both a fund set aside for this and insurance. Yeah. So that's tying up their capital. So yeah, but so what happened was in California, for example, PG&E they had about two billion dollars that they thought you know. It would be all right for these wildfires. No. Not even close. Right now, they're looking at $30 billion between the Camp Fire and the Tubbs Fire and that's the past th- two years. And that is liable to that one company. So that's because of this law called inverse condemnation. Only in California, yep. they, they are responsible, even if they get proven not negligent. If they right. just get that their line somehow caused a fire, then they're going to get charged. For the entire wildfire. For the entire wildfire. Oh my God! So it's not necessarily the wildfires disruption of the grid. Yeah. The grid. It's the fact that the company's order of business is disrupted exactly by their financial yep. obligation. Correct. Wow. And then on top of that is the innovation. So California is leading the way for renewables. Right. Well, if you don't have any more capital and you can't invest in, say, battery technology because they were going to be the ones leading the way because you're worried about just paying the bills. And now they've just, they've just written the check for $30 billion. Bye-bye everything. Well, it hasn't been written yet. I they know. Say but that's the, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're not going to be able to build those, you know, those, those battery plants and that kind of stuff. That's going to slow down everywhere because where, where you know, the U.S. goes, California leads the way. So, so. you're stuck maintaining the status quo of your 50-year-old equipment. Kicking the can down the street. Because that's the only thing you can do left. Exactly. Oh, my God. This is a vicious circle. Yeah. This is, And if California, quote, is leading the way, what hope does it give for the rest of the country? I mean, if yeah. – oh, my God. I thought this was going to be like a fun one. Like, okay, so what happens is blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no. Now I'm just super now depressed. depressed yeah. now, I'm su- now I'm super duper duper depressed. Um, well, what, what – let's, let's brush aside <laughs> – brush. Let's not use brush in California. It might catch fire. Um, let's brush aside these massive uh, liabilities that the companies have, and let's 
let's talk about maybe let's be a little optimistic okay. and talk about these futures that if if we were in a, a rosy colored world yep. and everything was moving forward as per plan okay. what what would the utilities have online what are they what are sure. they looking forward so to so our biggest thing right now is lithium batteries actually mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think that cuz cobalt you know not the greatest thing in the world to use you know little kids in africa digging it and yep. stuff but but actually the thing is now if you can store that solar and that wind then you won't need to have to call on those fossil fuel fossil fuel units. You don't need that nuclear. You don't need that coal outside of of uh, California. Right, and the storage is yeah. that is the hard thing because you know uh, whatever it is, a gallon of gasoline has more. I don't know what the unit is, like kilowatt joule hours or whatever the unit yep. of power is. A gallon of gasoline has more power in it than like three tons of lithium ion batteries can possibly have. So, well, that's why our cars are powered by gasoline because it's easier. It's Mm -hmm. more, it's more energy per weight than anything else. Correct. Uh, And that same goes for, you know, the coals and the natural gases. This stuff is energy concentrated, right? Um, What, what, where do we go? How do we just make, are the batteries bigger? Are they smarter? Are they faster? I don't understand so the have, technology. We have, so technology right now, you have the ion battery, but you have something called graphene. You ever heard of graphene? Um, graphene is super thin layers of basically molecule, atom, uh, atomic thin layers of carbon. Correct. Yes. So the problem is, though, we can't control it. Okay. It gets too hot. Okay. So, and, the, and when you have that with cars and stuff, that creates fires and that's, right. you can't put it out. And so, so right now we're stuck with the ion battery, which we can control, but it's heavy, it's big, and, and takes up a lot of space. Right. But it is, it's not necessarily infinite, but it lasts much longer than just a, like a nickel hydride battery. Yeah. Like, because those ions can be exchanged back and forth through the permeable membrane way more exactly. than when you're just picking up from one cathode and dropping it on a, a, another. Um, so it's still the best solution for right now. For right as now. As long as you don't, you can't never leave it fully charged and you can never leave it empty. You always have to leave it in a little bit. I don't know if you know that, but yeah, so batteries last a lot longer when they're between, you know, 98% and 2%. Really? Yeah. It, does that go for our cell phones too? It goes for your cell phones. So, so never un- unplug your cell phone. At nighttime, don't plug your cell phone in and leave it charged. I do that all shorter. the time. Really? How's your battery power doing? Uh, it's oh, it's doing really well. I mean, the phone's probably a year and a half old. I think it's, okay. I'm doing all right with all right. it. Right. Um, so, okay, well that that's actually a helpful tip for everyone. Yeah, don't plug it in overnight. Yeah, just get it up. To Although I would assume now technology, they have things where they automatically kind of shut it off. But you, you would uh, think, you would I, think, yeah, but, but 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 Apple wants you to buy more. So exactly. <laughs> um, so you've got these massive these planned massive battery yep. farms. Yep. Uh, what's the environmental impact of those? That's the question, right? It's like, what do you think, what's the environmental impact of all these Priuses with all their, their rare metals? You right. Know, you, you don't think of that because we're not the ones building it. Well, it's China. Yeah, they're know. being mined in Ulaanbaatar exactly. in Mongolia. And what do you think they're doing to mine those? They have big, you know, diesel-powered, you know, but it's, we don't see it. Right, so. right, right, right. So we, we walk away with the guilt-free conscience, exactly. but there's someone digging a hole somewhere yeah, right now so. to power these things. Exactly. Um, okay, so what is... From your standpoint, yeah. as an energy expert, what does the ideal grid, non-regulated, and I'm not saying laissez-faire like burn yeah. coal, yeah. but what does the ideal grid that's both sustainable and financially practic- practicable yeah. look like? 
Well, I think it's going to get smaller. So microgrids. Okay. So we get into towns and even even buildings, and then we you know we focus on that because the problem is with transmission and, and what you said that macro grid being so big and mm-hmm. so massive, mm-hmm. it's too complicated. Right. So I guess you can throw in, and I don't know if we can actually get there, but blockchain technology using blockchain technology in order to get microgrids going, so small neighborhoods share their electricity and everything is run that way. And what would be the what would be the production method? Methodology for these microgrids. It's really small. I mean, like Tesla can do it right now. Like you know how they have those Tesla batteries right yep, there, and then you yep. hook it up to your solar a solar panel on top of the roof. And then it, it when when Dave isn't using his, it'll go over to Steve's house. Exactly. But when Steve is using his, both of them are running. Yada yada yada. Yep. Um, oh, that reminds me of something. I read about this a couple couple years ago. A Japanese company, Toshiba, something along those lines. Okay. Uh, Toshiba or something along those lines created a refrigerator-sized nuclear reactor. Okay, that's um, beyond me, but yeah, I well, I don't know if they created it or they theorized it, and it would power like a, a small town or yep. something like that. And it was some sort of uh, safer nuclear reaction where I um, it was all gravity-fed and stuff like that, so it didn't have complex pumps or something like that. And mm-hmm. if it shut off, just the rods just automatically dropped into a vat or something like that. This is A Little to Learn with Austin Rogers. A moment ago, I just mentioned a fridge-sized nuclear reactor. It's a little bit more complex than that. It's called a Toshiba 4S, and here's how it works. Here we go. Since 1996, the U.S. has not activated a new nuclear power plant, yet our demand for energy is ever-increasing. Solar, wind, tidal, and other hydroelectric sources are a significant source of our power, but until battery technology advances, gaps in the system are accommodated by legacy technologies, most of which are not clean. Enter clean nuclear, like the Toshiba 4S. With full-scale nuclear power plants costing in excess of $5 billion, companies like Toshiba or NuScale have designed either small-scale standalone or modular and scalable reactors, respectively. Toshiba's 4S, which stands for Super Safe, Small, and Simple, uses stationary neutron reflectors instead of control rods. Control rods, terrifyingly depicted in HBO's Chernobyl. The reflectors maintain a much more uniform reaction with way less fissile material. Since neutron reflectors increase nuclear fission in a larger mass of fissile material, Toshiba scientists found the right balance between reflectors and fissile material to make basically a nuclear battery. Cooled by a liquid sodium, the reactor has less pressure on its vessel at higher temperature than would be allowed by water cooling systems. Thus, one high-powered enrichment plant becomes the feeder for a series of lower-powered nuclear reactions in small local plants utilizing non-enriched uranium. These run for decades by reflecting their own reactions inward, changing non-enriched uranium into plutonium automatically, then consuming it until expended, powering remote settlements or small towns. This has been a little to learn with Austin Rogers. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And now back to A Lot to Learn. Still, unfortunately, with Austin Rogers. Um, that was one of the things I read about the theory of like the microgrids, yeah. and it really appealed to me. But maybe having everyone having a nuclear power plant in their basement is probably a bad idea. Well, I mean, talking about nuclear now, you know, like the nuclear power plants we have, it's only five percent enriched uranium. When you have like the nuclear subs, yeah. they're like seventy or eighty percent, right? And you know, they can also. I think that we've had instances where you know subs have gone where there's places where they need electricity, yep. and they've used electricity to power towns and stuff through the subs like they've actually done that because they're running a surplus at all times because the nuclear sub is you know 90% of it's just to create steam to turn the turbines to turn the propeller yeah the all other you know 10% is not is just used to power the subsystems right so um Ooh, that's that. That's a compelling argument to have like these little localized nuclear plants, and then there's a lot of jobs involved in that too. I don't know. Yeah, but the problem with nuclear is after Fukushima, it's just a security. So there's I we, we I went and I visited Diablo Canyon, which is the one nuclear power plant in uh, California, mm-hmm. and they said, okay, well, what's what's the backup plan in case you know something happens? And he went and listed for me for a half hour. 10 different backup plans, the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. And I mean, just security around it and stuff is, that's why it's not right. know, economical. Right, right, right. Oh, because that is just a massive amount massive of both massive. infrastructure yeah. and personnel. Exactly. Right. Um, so then what is, in this microgrid system, uh, what would be the lowest maintenance way to do it other than battery? Like, how are you charging your Tesla home batteries? Yeah, I, through solar. So I, oh, okay. So, you know, so Elon Musk, wasn't his, his uncle, didn't he own Solar City or something like that? I don't so, know. Yeah, so I think he had, they had the solar side on one end. Right. And then and I it, think he went and he bought that Solar City or something. So then he had the, the batteries in, in his house. So kind and of. What, and, and so, but solar still depends on the sun. Uh, now this might work for sunny California, yep. but where, what about the rest of us, you know? I mean, where, where, does, where does Minnesota get its local power, yeah. you know? Wind. Wind, okay. yeah. So, I mean, there's places in Minnesota, and then and then it's just transmission lines, right? You got to build those transmission lines. So, if you're going true micro, you're right. Minnesota or something might not have that, but um, uh, so you but, can build a big enough solar, or sorry, storage unit next to it that can that can produce that. But ultimately, this is all local. Yeah, local. like you, your ideal future grid is everything is local. Correct. Like, and local could be as big as a state of Minnesota where they need to build one massive nuclear plant that does it for them, but it's still localized within Minnesota. And local could be as small as a couple homes in towns yeah. or a small town or a couple homes in a locality. So each municipality, state, and each governance body has to sort of address what they want in sort of their own way. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that just what, – what, what happens when your locality goes down, though? Can you tap into neighboring localities? So or? That's, that's the thing is say, well, then there, maybe therefore you will need that utility as the backdrop just in case, worst case scenario. Right. Because uh, right now, well, right now the utilities are like the last source. So they have in California, they're trying to get more competition in. So they have what's known as a CCA, which is called a, um, it's pretty much community choice. 
So they get, you know, people that say, okay, we can take your, you can get your power from somewhere else. But you're still, the infrastructure, you're still using on their transmission lines. And stuff. Right. Oh, I actually yeah. have, I have something similar to that in New York. I signed up for it that Con Ed obviously yeah. provides my power. Correct. But I checked a box where I said at least 25% of mine will come from uh, a renewable source, which yeah. is probably, a not probably. scam. Is it a huge scam? Yes. Oh, shit. Because this goes back to what we were saying before. Okay, tell me. Okay. So remember how I told you how they, in order to build that infrastructure, they signed 20-year deals? Yep. So what happened was this Con Edison, you know, invested in wind or, or solar 10, 15 years ago and bought all that wind and all that solar at a very high price. Yep. So now they're still on the hook for that, and they have 10 years left of that power. Oh, they, I'm paying off that. their principal? No. What you're doing is you're going to another uh, person who's being able to buy that power at, it, at a price right now that it costs. So in the long run, that doesn't work because you left Con Edison and they're not recuperating that money from that longer you know, tw- 20-year deal. So they're getting stuck. You know, Their customers are getting stuck paying for that. So then therefore the rates are going to go up. And in order for them to stay whole, they're just going to charge more on the wire side of things. So what you, before I was saying you're paying $25 yeah. just for that, you're going to be paying $30. So maybe you're saving $2 on, your, on the 25%, but you're paying $5 more. Because they're marking up because yeah. they have to recoup their losses from making exactly. that first investment. And then they're also, so that big utility is also not getting the money for you know, because they're losing more customers, so they can't you know start this technology for batteries and that other stuff too, the innovation because they're not getting as much money in because you left them. So you are right now responsible for why. Wow, batteries aren't but getting but I feel but I feel good about myself. It's, but then also when they say <laughs> it's fifty percent or eighty percent yeah. renewable, it's not. What they're doing is just buying credits. So it's like saying that you'll uh, you know buy a tree in in, uh, in Canada and you know someone will plant it. So you're spent, you're burning all that natural gas, but then you're offsetting it with, by putting a tree out there. Or something. So, oh my God! So it it in a perverse way it behooves you to give all of if your bill is going to be X, it yeah. behooves you to give all of X to the utility so they can innovate. Exactly. Oh my God! Um, I forgot the name of that subscri- that service I subscribe to, but I think I might go back if I call. I, no, just cancel it. Be like, yeah. bye. I'm giving it all to. That sounds so. Well, so I think the actual utilities have options. I don't know if, if Con Edison does, or, but to actually go 100% renewable with them. Right. It's, but it's pretty expensive. Right. And, and yeah, and of course, that's one thing. People are like, I want to be good for the environment. Yeah. Well, it costs 50 bucks more. I don't want to be that good for the environment, <laughs> exactly. you know? Oh, man. This is eye opening. You're, yeah. you're dispelling a lot of myths and you're, you're both giving me optimism, but you're also making me super depressed. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the energy markets okay. because all these things that we're talking about, all this power and where it's generated, is traded from state to state and Correct. utility to utility. You don't think of electricity as something that can move from place to place, but then again, you sort of do because you're like, when someone's not using electricity but it's being generated, 
there is a surplus in X place, so why not move it to Y place? Correct. So talk about that, because that, so, that was one of your expertise, yeah. right? So in the 80s, you know, it was kind of like the, the airlines. You know, they used to be regulated. So the state and government and, you know, Washington used to actually be in charge of this, and they set rates, and so there was no free market. So there was no trading of this actual natural gas or right. oil or electricity and stuff. And then I believe in the 80s, early 90s, they kind of deregulated it. And so now what happened was they said, okay, you know, all these merchants, so a merchant is just someone who's just trying to, you know, make some money, kind of a middle yep. guy. They come out and they say, okay, well, we can, we can do this better than the government. We can save the rate payers money. Mm-hmm. So we, we introduce competition to the market, and then, you know, you guys will be paying less on, on your, on your, in your bill and stuff. So one of the things is you have to buy this, you know, so say I'm a natural gas trader, right? So we'll try to keep it to that. Yeah, Electricity, please. a little confusing. No, oil, no, no. We'll, we'll just use what you know. Yeah. So natural gas. So in, in California, we have about, I don't know, what's known as 5,000 megawatts of actual natural gas plants. Mm-hmm. And they can serve up to 15 million people. Right. So one megawatt would be about... Can, power about uh, a thousand homes got so it. one megawatt so five thousand five yep. million just for yep. just for natural gas power plants so in order to bring that gas how much gas that is it is about uh, can i say this about a hundred thousand mmbtus of gas so that's what gas trades in british thermal units or yep. mmbtu um one hundred thousand mmbtus an hour can produce about you know, now my math's getting 500 megawatts Okay. Uh, so, so it's a lot, just a lot. Right. That's, that? that's 50,000 homes. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to get that gas in here, we have to uh, actually ship it on pipelines. Mm-hmm. In California, we're not allowed to frack. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. So then, and so 95% of all the natural gas that comes into California actually comes from Canada, comes from the Rockies and comes from uh, Texas. Right. So what we do is we lease or we buy capacity on these pipelines that gives us the right to flow gas on, um, on these pipelines. So wh- what does it mean, flow gas? So gas flows, it's displacement. So yep. the gas that you put on in Texas isn't the gas that you're going to get in California. Right. It's just you, wh- where you pack it there, you take it off somewhere else. So it's, the gas is already packed in this pipeline. Yeah. Um, so what we do, it travels about 30 miles per hour, I think. So that, that takes pretty long to go from Texas to California. Oh, so you're planning ahead. Oh, yeah, we plan way ahead. So we buy out... You know, years out in advance, and then per season, per and season, and then so it goes all the way down. You know, it, it, the closer you get to like T minus one, you know, yeah. it, is is it get, it moves a lot, right? Right. So we plan out years in advance, seasons, and then months. It's kind of a month that we can predict kind of well what we are, what we're going to burn for what we're going to need for natural gas, right. uh, natural gas plants. Um, and then we look at that every, on the day, we actually trade for like tomorrow. And then tomorrow, when it comes, we'll true up and we trade kind of same day. Right. Kind of, kind of market. As it gets, it gets closer and closer and closer. Correct. And as, as you're, you're, it's like the weather report. I can't tell you what it is on Wednesday, but yeah. it probably will rain. And on Tuesday, it definitely will rain. And on Wednesday, it's, it's raining. raining. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I got it. I got yeah. it. So you're you actually in a lot of ways, you're you are meteorologists. Both you're predicting weather yep. because that is how people consume their energy. Yep. And two, you're predicting the movement of all the gas to coincide with these weather and seasonal events. Exactly. Wow, that's a that's got to be a lot of math. So then, that's just just figuring out the physical side of things, right? Then what we have is we have markets called derivatives, or which is just a financial representation of what this physical gas is, right? And then we do that to hedge. So what we want to do is we want to be able to 
make sure that if our prices go up or prices go down, our ratepayers are still kind of paying the same amount of price, and there's no extra you know money that they made or lost right. on, on these things. Yeah, so you're you're aiming for. I always get median and mean mixed up, but you're aiming for one of those. Yeah, yeah. Which one's which? <laughs> so the median is the middle, but yep. then you just cross out. Everything yeah, top everything and top below, and and, yeah. and mean is the whole overall average, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I thought I knew that. I'm terrible at math. That's fine. Um, that that that's crazy. It moves at 30 miles an hour. You yeah. think of gas like in a canister, like in a pipeline. Like, wasn't there a James Bond one where they went in some like, uh, and they went into the actual? Um, yeah, I think it was in Alaska. It was a bad one. It no, was in Alaska, it, and it was Pierce with, Brosnan was and in there. Denise with, Richards, yeah, exactly. and her name was Christmas Jones. <laughs> yep, okay. And 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 he goes. And I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> oh, God. That's <laughs> so, so bad. 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 So bad. Yeah. yeah, and they were racing in this little yeah, car. Little so, shoots yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. 90s James Bond was the worst. Yeah. Thank I think God. that's when they came out with the X3, or the Z3, I should the Z, say. Yeah, they had the Z3. Well, I'm like, why is James Bond driving a BMW? Yeah. Uh, the Z8 was pretty cool, though. That was. You but can... then he also had the motorcycle in that one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, uh, Harley uh, wannabe. Uh, the R1200. Or... I, think, I think it was well, I don't think it was the R twelve hundred, but yeah, it was, it was one something of them. like yeah. that. It was, it, was a, it was a big bike too. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I, I wouldn't want to ride one. No. Of those. Um, where were we going? Um, um, oh yeah, so so you've got so you're uh, not only are you trading in the physicality of the gas, mm-hmm. you're also trading in the financials Correct. of the gas. Uh, what happens when those financials go off the reservation? You know what happens if your algorithm was wrong. Do you foot the customer with the bill, or are you on the foot for the so bill? So what we have is we deal with, uh, like I said, the CPUC, California Public Utility Council. Mm-hmm. So we, before we go out and we hedge these, um, these products, we go to them. We- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tell them what we're going to do. We tell them, you know, what our potential losses could be. You know, why we're hedging that kind of stuff. And they have they 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 don't have to approve or not approve. But they they have to just kind of see this and agree to it and say, okay, you know, we've looked at it and we think you guys have done everything. You know, in your in the right means to you know that nothing will explode. Right. So you're you're issuing in essence a exactly. promise that we will be delivering at X cost. Yeah. And here is our threshold of pain yeah. for it. And usually we should be, we should, we're doing that in order to make sure that when the physical market, if there's a short or if there's an explosion on a pipeline or some con- uh, condition that was created in order to make the price really go up real high or go real low, that we are make sure that we're financially hedged. So we've taken the opposite side of that in the financial market in order to be, to get those costs recovered. Oh man. So, so you're, so when you're trading in energy, you're also you're also utilizing other financial instruments to make sure that you're covered for financially pending acts of God yes. and acts of war and yeah. stuff like that. So an, ener- an energy an energy trading company is not just trading in energy. They're 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 touching all kinds of other yeah. asset classes yep. to make sure that they provide the customer with what they promised. Exactly. 
a lot more complicated than you think a utility would. Right? No, because you think, oh, oh, you know, oil's at X and gas is at Y, and I'll just swap the two. But you're like, oh, no, I'm actually in superconductors, too, because that's a rising yeah. trend and stuff. Wow. Yeah, a lot so, of stuff. A lot so, of moving parts. So it's... Oh. In a way, that's sort of refreshing in that it's sort of an investment company that actually also has physical assets, too. Yep. Because you're, hold- you're holding this gas. Huge gas. Yeah, huge yeah. amounts. Gas, actually, you can actually store gas in underground caverns. Right. So unlike electricity, like I said, you know, it has to stay at 60 hertz. The second it, it, you produce it, it has to be used. You yeah. can't actually store it. Oil, natural gas, you can, you can actually store that, and you can hold on to it until, say, you think the winter when it's going to be needed more, then you can actually pull it out of the ground and use it then. Buy cheap, hold yep. on, yep. utilize later. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is way too complex yeah, for me. Yeah, it is I, a little complex. I, no, I, I get, but I, I appreciate that because it is like, it's the world's most complex machine. And I was just talking about the electric grid. Yeah. Now, now you've got all these these byproducts uh, of electricity. That you know what creates electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, what a machine! This is this is really daunting to wrap your head around. Um, what are the what are the things that throw these energy markets? Off the grid, so to speak. Yeah. Other than you know, you know, a shortage or a gas line. What what are your weaknesses? Well, it used to be actually hurricanes uh-huh. because we used to all our oil and natural gas used to be off on the in the Gulf. Um, you know, where they're offshore drilling. But now it's all produced so by all produced. Canada. Well, right? no, it's actually in, in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? And, and in West Texas, too. But yeah, a lot, huge amounts in Pennsylvania and stuff. And now we actually, with fracking, we used to only have um, vertical fracking where you would just drill straight down. Right. But now we can do horizontal fracking. Yeah. So on one pad, we can frack and reach miles out where before you had to do, say, a thousand pads in order just to create that, get that oil and natural gas. Right. Now we can just, we can just have from one pad just because of technology. Is that amazing? Right, right. So, and then, then everyone in the neighborhood gets to drink burning water. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's another thing that is, you know, is fr- obviously you want to get off fossil fuels because fracking is, it's not clean, you know? Yeah. I mean, the actual art of fracking is not that bad. There is some chemicals that in this, it's mostly water, 99.5% water. Yep. Um, that, but what happens is once that oil and natural gas gets released, you know, into into these places where it shouldn't be because they were stuck in caverns, that's when you see these lakes start getting caught on fire and stuff. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, it's encouraging that you're like, no, 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 this is what we're dealing with right now because this is how our technology is, but ultimately we have to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Which everyone knows, you know, we're not going to, you know. But we're just, we're, we're humans. We're terrible at yeah. doing and it. we just kick things down, you know, we're just kicking the can down the street. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. our problem. It's all good. It's all good until it's not all good. Exactly. Um, what, where do uh, where do where do uh, automobiles fall into this? Are they in in not not in the future? That yeah. obviously we have to go electric, and automobiles have to be tied to this grid, and hopefully that it's a zero emission cost of energy to co- charge your zero emission yep. car because that's the ultimate goal. But uh, do do things like cars and and mass infrastructure and transportation fall into these energy trading grids as well? So I would say probably of all like the greenhouse gases that get burnt. Only 30% is really on the electric side. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, the actual uh, transportation sector has got to be at least 40 to 50%. And mm-hmm. then the industrial sector is another 20 to 30%. Uh-huh. So the majority is in the transportation sector and in, in, in these buildings and stuff. But the problem is no politicians want to touch that because it's easier to talk about, 
you know, the electric side of things. Because we don't see where our electric comes from. Yeah. So, and it's easier to kind of push those bills. But then when you tell, you know, Joe who drives his car that you're going to have to pay, you know, a carbon tax, what the hell is a carbon tax, right? Mm. That, you know, and you're going to pay, instead of paying $3 a gallon, you're going to pay $4 a gallon because we got to get off, you know, combustible engines. Right. It's just not, you know, it's just not feasible, right? Right now. No one wants to make the hard choice. Right. Is is the question. And, that is interesting that you brought that up because I always, I not always thought, but I had a feeling that maybe the personal transportation sector was a lower output or a lower greenhouse gas contributor than the power grid, but that is not true. Not true. Yeah. The trucking industry. I mean, it's huge amounts. Right. Just huge. So. I, I then I, I feel really guilty about the car I just bought. Yeah, I mean, someone just got a V eight turbo, right? <laughs> Four hundred horsepower, oh, baby. <laughs> I uh I <laughs> all right. Here's here's where my more liberal listeners can feel free to uh, do the hate mail. So I bought the car. Oh, by the way, I'm on the way. I'm in San Francisco right now, and I'm on the way on a cross country road trip, taping excellent podcasts like this. And uh, Kevin and I grew up together, and we're both car nuts, and we're both really similar car nuts. We both like BMW. And Audis. So I bought a 10 year old used BMW, a 750LI. It's pretty freaking dope. Yeah. Uh, but the first time I refilled the tank, I refilled it in LA and I was driving back and forth through LA. And I see it right there in the middle of the dash, as big as can be 8.3 miles oh, per geez. gallon. Yeah, I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the like a, an '80s Lamborghini exactly. got better gas <laughs> mileage than that. <laughs> but I mean, that that's that's what it's going to take. And and the question is, why does the auto industry make such ugly hybrids like the Prius or you know? And can't they make a good looking car? Just throw it in the normal car. Yeah, exactly. Right. Why, I mean, I understand weight a little bit, but I mean, just I think they purposely make like I think Honda made or, or one of those made like a, a civic and it didn't work well because people didn't associate with it, it or didn't, didn't look like didn't the hybrid. Look like the hybrid. Yeah. I mean that that's that's sort of there's an ego and a narcissism yeah. in it. You're like, well look at me, I'm driving that car. You know, well, meanwhile like if if a Ferrari was like fully hybrid, you'd be yeah. like, oh look at that dickhead. He's driving that car and we're like, no, it's fully hybrid. But like yeah. now nah, you're still a dickhead. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I mean you still I mean I haven't seen the Porsche with the nine one eight spider, but that's you know that's, that's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah it's a hybrid. <laughs> that is a hybrid. And and also, they've La got Ferraris too, right? The yeah. La Ferrari is, yeah. although you can't you can't run that solely hybrid. Oh, you can okay. you can run the P1 and the 918 as a hybrid, yeah. so you can drive that around the town electric. Ferrari's like, no, we'll never allow the <laughs> exactly. Um But then Porsche is coming out with uh, the Panamera, right? No, it's not the Panamera. It's the other one, Taycan. I think it's called the Taycan. Macan. No, no, the Macan's the uh, the small SUV. Cayenne Macan. Oh yeah, no, no, no yeah. the new one. It's yeah. co- it's coming out soon. It's called the Taycan, and it's fully electric. SUV or car? no? It's a car. It's oh, okay. a sedan, fully electric. It looks really cool. Right, cool. Um, I but but again, yeah. what part of that is ego and and vogue? Because like you know, we love the Teslas, but uh, they're ninety percent fashion piece and ten percent like a good car. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, you've seen millions of them here. The fit and finish isn't there. Like when you shut a Tesla door, it's not like shutting a German engine. No, no. It, it clings, you know, it's kind of. No, and, but it still costs $110,000 yeah, exactly. for the, the P110X or whatever the super yeah. fast one is. And it is. just looks like a Jaguar, right? Isn't the, the, like the body of Jaguar? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I, now we're getting into They're cars. fast though. They anyway, yeah. so back, yeah, because yeah, we regress a lot. Um, the main thing is right now is, is the transportation sector. So we're talking trucks. 
understand what's going on. So. Okay, and then that will be the perfect way to sort of cap it off. What can we do from your end? Because you see this in a macro way. Yeah. What can we do in our micro ways to at least make a little bit of a difference? We're not going to take that pie from 100% to 0%, but how can we knock 10 15%, 30 25% off of our share of the carbon footprint pie? What, what can yeah. we do in our daily lives? Well, the biggest thing you can do, don't have kids. Well, it's horrible to say, but oh no, yeah. I'm with that okay. one. Yes, yeah. The biggest the, the biggest carbon input yeah. uh, output is another person. Yeah. So oh, yeah, obviously that's number yeah. one. If you can't do that, <laughs> right? What's the next thing? Is you know uh, the Lyft and the Ubers of the world? They're actually adding a lot because you. Oh, what are these guys doing? They're just driving around, right? So are they utilizing those cars to the point where if people give up their daily car uh-huh. and they use Lyft, great. But how many people are going to do that? It's yeah. outside of people in cities, right? Oh, so you got to. It's either got to be those cars have to be at full capacity, one hundred percent full capacity, and everyone gives up their car. Wow. So we're well, that's but that's a little that's a little much, yeah. right? So that's that's a terrible little predicament we're in too, yeah. because we've got all these ride shares who, when they don't have a passenger, they're just driving around in circles. But we, I mean, think about it. if you can automate everything. Right, cars and stuff—they yep. become fully automated. Why would you ever need a car? You just push a button. Oh, that's amazing! But that's not something we can do right now. What can we do right now? Right now, like you said, you said my my yeah your utility. My checking my, check my green box does not do what. Do the I, research. Yeah. So yeah, so one of the things is you know you need to support. What, it's a lesser of evils, right? So you need to support like the local utility so that they can invest in other things like batteries and stuff like that to get us off fossil fuels. So little things like you know these. Community choice aggregators that come in, they say, hey, we're, we're more green than the utility. You need to be wary of people like that. Uh-huh. Anyone that says, hey, we can you know, lower your rates on, on these bills or whatever, you know, put solar on your roof, you got to be wary of that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And that is really contrary to what people might think because the guy coming in saying, like, we're going to make sure you got wind and solar power as a component of your power bill, yeah. that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. And you could talk about it and tell your neighbors that you're feeling good about yourself because you're actually helping, but you're actually hurting. But in real yeah. life, it actually behooves you to give all of your money to the major utilities so they can innovate. Yes. Wow, that, that, that blows my mind. But then you also have to have the state make sure that the utility is invading and they're not right. just taking that money and, and not doing anything with it right. or, and or just, paying their employees or something like that. They're exactly. Actually, yeah. But then you also need to kind of reduce i mean my it always goes back to my love of lawyers <laughs> i don't want to digress too much but it seems like everything that you try to do there's a lawyer in there who's going to you know make you not be able to 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 do that or to, to innovate in that kind of way right and then they'll take 20 percent of whatever fees you pay them or whatever like right so, right um what le- else what less el- constraints what el- what else personally can we, what um, else can we do just daily choices we can make yeah take the bus take take the subway yeah I mean, stuff like that is, is, is big stuff, you know. Don't, don't do that ride share too much, you know. If you can take a subway, take a subway. Yeah. You know, carpool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Kevin, this has been incredibly illuminating. Uh, I've learned a lot about how our energy system works. Uh, I'm a little depressed, but at the same time, I'm a little bit optimistic because now I feel I'm a more informed consumer, and I think I can make better decisions now from this brief conversation. Kevin, thanks for being with us. This has been A Lot to Learn with Austin Rogers, produced by myself, Austin Rogers, alongside Maria Gibson and Limitless Media. 
If you like this program, uh, please go to patreon.com slash austinrogers and subscribe and give me money for some reason. And now we'll end it out with my question of the week recorded live from New York's The Wayland at 50th and 10th Avenue. If you think you know the answer, write back at Austin Tylero on Twitter and uh, give me some suggestions for other questions you want to hear and other a little to learns you want to hear. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next uh, Thursday. Sure, whatever. Lord and Taylor formerly was, and Saks Fifth Avenue is, owned by this company, founded in 1670 and named after a famous body of water.